a special request to review some books um books of the apocrypha so i'm going to be doing that um during my 420 time so uh here you go and apologies for all the noise i record outside inside of my car we've got the people with the construction trucks across the street moving their cars all the time and the neighbors mowing their lawns and watering the lawns before the sun goes down. And the other neighbors working on cars and me sitting out here. So if you hear tools and vehicles and other noises, um, there's nothing I can do about that. Nothing I can do about the kids on the scooters or the weird neighbors that like to race their remote control I guess they're like adult remote control cars that they race down the hiking trail. I don't know what's going on around here. Um, but before the weed takes me on a complete tunnel, you know, distracted, you know, detour, let me, let me get to the point. So <laughs> today's um, book review is going to be brought to you by this special vape cartridge so this one is called circles um circles sauce so it's a concentrate and it's considered sauce but it's actually a vape concentrate so it's weird um in a good way it's it's pretty potent um and i'll also have a bit of that cannabis edible syrup kind of kicking in um probably within the next half hour to 45 minutes or so so we'll see how this ride goes with trying to even explain anything if i can even remember what i read so i read this earlier this morning near 8 a.m before 8 a.m because it was before i started work um and it was this story from the apocrypha so those are um if you have a Catholic Bible, the Apocrypha is still kind of like upheld by the Catholic Church, but I don't know if there are Protestant churches that really look at it too much. I mean, I'd say it's like considered supplemental by some by some churches. Um it's like, oh, these are like books that like are related to the Bible. And then there's other books like the Book of Enoch, and um i've seen some books at some friends houses some friends of mine had this these books that were like i don't know like you know how timothy has like first and second timothy and it was like third or fourth timothy or something it was like going like off into like these other books um but i i guess they exist too and somebody that you know there was a process in history with people deciding what was going to go in the actual bible and what was not going to stay um, so there are different versions of Bibles that people have, not even to account for that some religions make their own Bible. Um, <clears throat> like the Jehovah's Witness Bible is not the same as the Protestant Christian Bible. Um, and like I was saying, the Apocrypha isn't in every Bible, but you can get a Bible that has an Apocrypha in it. And there are churches that do um, actually like 
you know, equally uphold the Apocrypha to the rest of the standard Bible. Um, some denominations don't look at different stuff in the Bible. Um, some religions, like, you know, so the, the Jewish Bible is the Old Testament, the Torah is the first five books. That's their main one, and then they have the additional writings and the prophets. Um, and then the Christian church, the Protestant Christian church specifically, has the the New Testament um Jews don't have that um there's a there's a denomination of Christianity called preterism um that they I mean I wouldn't say they only follow the words of Jesus but it's like they really uphold to like the literal quotations like you know the how some Bibles have the the Jesus Jesus words were like written in red um and so some um, you know, that, that church, the preter, like whoever practices preterism, um, they follow that. Um, I've come from an Adventist background. They follow the whole Bible more so than a lot of, um, other denominations. Cause they really do stick to some of the, some, not all, some of the old Testament commandments. There's 613 commandments in the old Testament. Um, and, I would say most churches don't really follow those and there are some churches that follow some of them or most of them or more of them than others and there's some churches that even believe that you know the law when they say the law is done away with like that means like all those old testament commandments just do away with them um don't follow it um not not that you know stuff like not lying and cheating and stealing like that kind of stuff like but um you know, just in general, they're like, you know, so I'm getting more and more off topic the closer I try to get on the topic, but okay, so I, I downloaded um to read for free um the Apocrypha from this app called, I don't even know the name, it. oh, it's called Apocrypha App by Haven, um, the icon, it kind of looks like the, the little tile is like purple with a lighter colored purple cross in it. And it has like a little dark purple little bookmark thing looking like it's sticking out of the bottom of a page. Um, and it says APOC dot. Um, like I guess it's like an a, abbreviation or something. And, it, and the app just comes out. It says Apocrypha. So this app. I'm not even going to review the whole app, but dude, this app has so many typos. Um, but the thing I liked is that it had an audio function. So I actually listened to this book, Bell and the Dragon. I think I listened to it twice this morning or at least once and then reviewed it again. And there were some parts I wanted to go over. Um, so I took a little bit of notes, and if I even get to a point where I've explained this enough that I can even get to my notes, then I'll get into those. So there are topics I wanted to kind of discuss based on what I what I read, but I picked this book because it's short. Um, it was something I could start right away with, so I was like, I don't want to get into having to read like four or five days worth of Apocrypha and not be able to start recording. So let me, so I just wanted to start recording. Um, so the, this is the King James version, um, Apocrypha, Bell and the Dragon. And so, um, 
forgive me if I am bad with the pronunciation of the words and the names and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, when you have Latin words and Greek words and Hebrew words and, you know, um, I don't know what you'd even consider Babylon. Like, I don't know. What was that, like Iraq or something? Like, it's Middle Eastern, you know, there's a lot of cultures going on in here and then we try and go and translate it into English and on top of it I have this this bible that's like not even like properly you know edited um oh sorry um so the so Cyrus of Persia so let me see um yeah Persia that's that's in Iran right so yeah, that's where this takes place. Modern day Iran. So I'm not going to read it word for word, but <coughs> in general, this app shows that this book, Bell and the Dragon, is one chapter long, 42 verses long. Um, so it sets the stage in, in Iran. So this is back in the time when Habakkuk was still living. I don't know when that was, but I guess apparently Daniel and Habakkuk lived at the same time. Um, and they were both prophets. So that's interesting to see Habakkuk coming into this story. Um, he has his own book in the traditional Bible, but I don't even know what that one's about, honestly. Um, I know Hosea... Habakkuk, I can't really think specifically what it was that he was doing. Uh, my Bible, my Bible knowledge is so rusty. It's like ridiculous. You wouldn't even think that I was raised reading the Bible like daily, multiple times in a day by force. So it's kind of wiped from my memory. But um, all right. So starring in Bell and the Dragon, we have Daniel. Um... And he's buddies with this king. Um, I don't even know how to how to pronounce it. A S T Y A G E S. Um, that's the king. Astyages. So we'll say Astyages. Um, um, So, I don't know. The first verse is even confusing. So, <laughs> I mean, I read it already, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm stoned. I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, so the first verse is just like a, a sentence. And it says, And King Astyages was gathered to his fathers, and Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. So, I don't even know who this is. I thought we were talking about King Astyages, but then it says Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. So who the heck was the king? I don't even know. <laughs> like, that's that's confusing to me because I thought Astyages was the king. Does, I don't even know. Does gather to his fathers mean that he died or left? I don't even know. Jeez, I don't even know what that means. But anyways, this is my understanding of what this story is. So Daniel is like some kind of role to a king. And if you remember Daniel, he's the guy who had a, a lion's den situation with um, his buddies. 
Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Um, we all remember Daniel in the lion's den, and they tried to throw him in the fiery furnace with Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know the time period of this incident in comparison to the other one, but it sounds kind of similar. You know, Daniel being told to worship something, and he was like, no, and then he gets ending up throwing in the lion's den again. But this one... <laughs> It's different. There are different amount of lions. There are different kings involved. We're still in Babylon. Um, Daniel, man, like, so he, I don't know how long he was in Babylon. So let me let me continue. Um, we're barely past one verse, and I can't even understand what's going on. But basically, I did actually go through this before. So I'm not looking at this with fresh eyes. I'm looking at it with stoned eyes. And so it's probably going to make either more sense in some ways or less sense in a lot of ways i'm guessing but please bear with me um so basically daniel was buddies with this king right whichever king it was because i don't even know which one it is now i'll have to get to a point where they say the actual name again and um it says was honored above all his friends um and so I don't know if, if that means he was honored above all the king's friends or above his own friends. But either way, Daniel was popular and he got the king's eye and he was popular with the king, too. So he wasn't like a slave. He wasn't a servant. He wasn't some, you know, mason worker kind of guy like he, you know, he was a prophet and he was um, friends with more than one king in his lifetime. Um and basically, it explains that in Babylon, there was this idol called Bel. And there's another idol that they start talking about later on that's like a dragon, but we'll get there. <laughs> this is freaking confusing. Um, oh, yeah, and that just reminds me. Yeah, Daniel had, had a role in writing the book of Revelation. So that's why this sounds familiar is with Bel and with the dragon and with Babylon Yes, this is sounding very Revelation. <laughs> this, that's what I was like. The story sounds familiar. It's like a mix between Revelations and or parts of the book of Revelations and um, the story of Daniel in the lion's den. So um, I really can't focus. So basically, it says that they had an idol called Bell. And um, basically, when they had to go to this idol every day and... Um, it says every day they had to offer up 12 great measures of fine flour and 40 sheep and six vessels of wine. And so that's a lot, <laughs> I would say. I don't know how many people are contributing to this bell idol, but either way, all that was given to bell every day. And I'm thinking it's more than one person. I'm thinking it's like a community of people um who had this idol in Babylon um because it was probably a widespread idol but this was the the idol that people worshiped all over and um Bell was the idol and uh they gave it a lot of stuff um it says the king worshiped it and uh daily he, he went daily to adore it um and Daniel didn't worship Bell Daniel worshiped God um, and basically I, so it sounds like Daniel and this king were good buddies. They're homies. Um, and by the fourth verse, um, the buddy king is like, yo, Daniel, why don't you worship Bell? Um, 
and and Daniel answers um he's not he says I may not worship idols um so he was basically saying you know that's a commandment that you know not to worship idols and he explains that specifically those idols can't be made with hands um and it says you know he basically says that the living god um who created the heavens and earth has sovereign sovereignty sovereignty over all flesh i can't speak properly um and then they kind of get into this debate about like you know the king believing that bell is is a living god and then saying hey bell is a living god look at how much it eats every day you know like and how much it drinks every day right um and daniel is kind of like smiling and he says um that the king was deceived because first of all it was made with that bell is made out of clay and has brass on the outside and it never ate or drank anything um and then you know the king was pissed off and he went to the priest for some sort of consultation saying um like basically giving them like an ultimatum either either you have to prove to me that um that either the priests have to prove that bell eats all this food and drinks all this stuff every day and like is alive that way or um daniel has to prove to me or or you know daniel has to prove to me that it's um a lie um and whoever is deceiving the the king basically he was saying that um that bell will devour them um and they'll whoever is is lying to the king basically is gonna die for blasphemy um uh like either daniel's gonna die for blasphemy against bell or they the priests are gonna lie are gonna die for lying um and so it says so in verse 10 it talks about the priests of bell so I don't know how many three score and ten is. It's is six a score, or is it twelve a score? I don't know. So, whatever number three score and ten is, um, and then they had wives and kids. So that shows that there were a lot of there were wives, there were kids, and there were three score and ten of the priests, and so there were families of priest families, right? And it's and they said, um basically what the king did he's he um well the priests said mm, to to make the meat ready and the wine ready and to shut the door so um that's what the priest told the king to do and to seal it <clears throat> with his own signet um i don't know if that's the same as like a signet ring but i guess there was some sort of sealing process that they could use with the door um that the king would have a signet you know kind of like how they do with the 
um, you know, they put the wax on the letter and then they use the stamp as like a seal. Right. There are a lot of cultures that use seals in the past or even now. But um, <clears throat> it was like his official signet that like if it's if the seal is broken, then somebody's been in something. Right. So it's like either a door or a or a letter, you know, like there's no way to like redo that because then you have to have the actual stamp um <clears throat> so that would be proof if he was able to seal it and it's kind of interesting that they're going to these lengths um <laughs> okay so it says basically they're saying okay if you find tomorrow that bell has not eaten all the food then the priests are saying, then we'll die. Otherwise, um, that's proof that Daniel was speaking falsely against us. Like, basically saying that the priests are lying. That's what Daniel was saying. And, um... And so, basically, the story behind Bell seeming alive is that um, the priests had made a... It's called a privy entrance, um, where they entered in continually and consumed those things. So the priests and their families, like their kids, their wives, everybody, those whole families were eating. And that's probably why it was so much that, that had to be there every day. The worshipers would bring so many things and then the priests and their families were eating them. And that's not an uncommon practice. Um, you see this often in, in practices, right? Where it's like people eating, uh, like priests eating the food from the community, but it's usually not like shrouded in so much deceit. Like, oh, this is a real living God named Bell and we're going to put food for it. And then Bell's going to eat it. Oh wait, no, it's the priests and their, and their kids. Um, so usually doesn't look like that. Um, so basically what happens, the king sets out the meat, um, for Bell and all the things, you know, like that they usually do. And then, um, I don't understand this part where it says Daniel had commanded his, um, servants to bring ashes. Um, and basically, you know, the king put his signet on the door, shut, shut the door, put the signet, sealed it. Um, and night came. The priests came with their wives and their kids. <laughs> um, uh, and they basically did eat and drink up all. That's what it says. And drink here is spelled D-R-I-N-C-K. <laughs> So, um, and did eat and drink up all. So they had a feast. Um, meanwhile, the king is sleeping and in the morning be time, the heck be time the king arose. So basically when the king woke up, um, and when Daniel woke up, <laughs> it's just worded so weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause this is making it sound like Daniel was like sleeping with the king. Um, <laughs> kind of. I shouldn't laugh, but it, verse 16, guys, <laughs> in the morning be time, the king arose and Daniel with him. Um, that's what it says. Not my words. Um, so basically the king said, um, <clears throat> you know, are the seals whole? And they're like, yeah, um, 
I like this line how it says, yeah, O King, they be whole. <laughs> and so basically, um, yeah. So basically the king didn't even look. He asked Daniel to look. And then Daniel told him the truth. And then, <clears throat> um, and when the door was open, they saw that, you know, the food had been eaten from the table and everything. Um, and it says that he cried in a loud voice, great art thou, O Bell, and with thee is no deceit. So that's what, what the king was saying. And then Daniel starts laughing. Um, um, <clears throat> And he said to the king, don't go in, you know, um, now look at the pavement, um, and like, pay attention, look at the pavement, look at the ground right here, king, like there's footsteps, you know, and the king says, yeah, I see footsteps of, uh, of men, women, children, and it says the king was angry, and he took the priests and their wives um, and showed him the doors and the, you know, and all that. Um, he came over to them and, and basically he, um, this is just confusing. Sorry. The, the way it's worded, it says in the King, sorry, 21, it says, and took the priests with their wives and children who shooed him the privy doors um, where they came in and consumed such things as were on the table. And then 22, it says, therefore the king slew them and delivered Bell into Daniel's power, who destroyed him and his temple. So Daniel basically was um, put in charge and um, those priests and their kids and wives were killed and Daniel destroyed the temple. So we're only halfway through the story here. You'd think it would be over, right? Um, and it says randomly at 23. So Daniel destroys the temple and everything. Now, all of a sudden, there is, it basically says at 23, we take a turn for the worse. You think, okay, Daniel proves, proves the point. Bell is fake. And he goes and, um, you know destroys the temple destroys everything um because now the king knows bell's fake and it says um in 23 here we go again and in that same place there was a great dragon um which they of babylon worshiped so not only were they worshiping bell they were also worshiping this dragon um again very 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 reminiscent of uh the book of revelations here guys um there's always dragons there's always babylon um there's always worshiping all kinds of stuff going on um and so basically it says that they they basically um there was a dragon that was there i mean like that like what how how did they like not even like mention this in the beginning? It's like all of a sudden, oh, there's Bell, all this stuff, there's this thing. Oh, look, there's a dragon. Um, to me, this is like okay, like wow, like we'll get into the dragons later, guys. Like I, I'm not even there yet. Like this is just the whole thing. Um, so, and I'm taking some notes on that. So, yeah. Um. 
So, all right, bear with me. Sorry. So back to this uh, dragon. Um, and so the king says, you know, to Daniel, here we go again with this like debate. It's like he comes up to Daniel, like where there's this dragon and he's like, hey, would you say that this was made with human hands? Um, he's like, no, he lives and he eats and he drinks. Um, and so the king was saying, hey, this is a living God. And Daniel was saying, um, I will worship the Lord, my God, for he is the living God. Um, and he asked the king to let him kind of go, um, so that he can kill the dragon. He's like, I'm going to kill this dragon without using a sword or a staff. And the king said, yeah, sure. I'm like, go do it. And then it says he took, Daniel took pitch and fat and hair and seed them together, made lumps of them, put him in the dragon's mouth and, um, the dragon, it says burst in sunder. Jeez. So he, the, he, he killed the dragon <laughs> basically like what the hell um and so um i don't know why this is so entertaining <laughs> this is like the coolest story um <laughs> it's really fun but um basically uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is like he take like there's always like this kind of uh um what would you call it replicating story that's always happening in a lot of biblical stories that you see which is kind of funny and interesting like remember noah took pitch um was it bitumen and pitch or what i can't remember um but pitch was involved with the ark noah's ark um and here we have daniel using pitch but it's something different i i don't know what the combination of pitch fat and hair does um, but it killed the dragon. Um, I want to say burst in sunder probably means it blew up in flames. I don't know. Let me look that up. I've never even freaking heard that term before. Burst in sunder. So let's, let's, for those of you like me that don't know what that means. Um, burst in sunder. Um, uh crack or split into multiple fragments um so it exploded um and now we're quoting again from this book so basically it exploded he blew up the dragon basically <laughs> um so Daniel blew up the dragon. <laughs> this isn't like a story that I'm so familiar with. So I apologize. Um, I'm not familiar with this at all, actually. Um, so basically, it says that... Um, when they heard... Basically, when, when the... When the people of that nation, uh, the people in Babylon heard about what was going on with the king, um, saying that the king is becoming a Jew, like he's converting, um, that um, Bel was destroyed, that the dragon was destroyed, and the priests were put to death. Um, 
they basically went to the king and they said, you know, we want Daniel. Give us Daniel. You know, he's he's wreaking havoc. Like, we want to... You know how it is. Like, there were always mobs of people that were demanding that someone be handed over to, like, the mob. And it's like, the king, hey, buddy, I'm your best friend. Let me, like, hand you over to the to the mob that's going to kill you. Um, So... They asked for Daniel and um, or else they were going to destroy the king's house and destroy the king. And then the king was like feeling pressured. So he was like, fine, here's Daniel. Um, And then they took Daniel. They cast him into the lion's den. Um, It says he was there six days um, and there were seven lions. So there are these numbers, six days, seven lions. We'll come back to that. Um, it says they were usually fed, but basically they didn't feed them, um, so that the lions would be more likely to eat Daniel. Dude, seven lions? He was in there with seven lions. And that's an interesting thing, because I think that's the name of a, like a DJ or something. (laughs) Um, but it says... So there was a Jewish segment of this region where Habakkuk was, um, and he made what's called pottage. So he made some kind of um, boiled stew or porridge type dish and um, broken bread in a bowl. I don't even know what that would be, but I'm thinking it's something similar to like a porridge with like crackers. I don't know. Um pottage was like a lot of different things but basically it was just cooked food um and basically it says that the angel of the lord told habakkuk who's over here with the jewish places and he's gonna he's about to feed um feed the people who are reaping the field so basically he had property habakkuk has property and he has people working his property um that are out in the field and he was going to feed these people um so i don't know how much food that was but it was probably i mean if you're reaping on a farm it's probably a lot um if you have to have workers to do it it's probably not a small plot of land unless you're really just kind of lazy but i mean he's clearly making enough to live off of there um so Habakkuk's over there doing well for himself in his Jewish land and and he basically um he says you know the Lord comes to him talking about you know take that food over to Daniel in the lion's den he's in there with with um with some lions over in Babylon, and Habakkuk's like, um, I've never seen Babylon, I don't know where the lion's den is, so it's like, poor guy, um, and then basically it says, this is an interesting part too, it says, um, in 36, um, then the angel of the Lord took him by the crown, um, I don't know if he was literally wearing a crown, or by the, oh, it says, um, and bear him by the, by the hair of his head, and through the vehemency of his spirit, set him in Babylon over the den. And so basically he threw Habakkuk into Babylon where Daniel was at. Um, it says, oh, Daniel, Daniel, take the dinner which God hath sent thee. So the food that was going to be for Habakkuk's workers went to daniel instead i don't know how much food this is 
I'm gonna guess. It's a lot of food. Because he was feeding hungry workers dinner. Multiple hungry workers. And he was taking this food to Daniel. So. And. You know, they give praise to God. And. It says he ate. Daniel ate. And. The angel of the Lord put Habakkuk back in his own place again immediately. So there were some some transportation situations going on here. And um, it says the seventh day, there's that number again. Um, So he was in there six days. And the seventh day, um, the king went to to grieve Daniel. Because they're assuming, dude, he's been in there with seven lines for seven days, for six days. Um, he's dead. Um, and he says he went in there, he looked in there and behold, Daniel's sitting and, um, says in 41, we're almost done here. Then the king then cried the king with a loud voice saying, great art Lord, God of Daniel. Um, and they're saying there's no, there's no other God besides that God. And, um, he drew him out and cast those that were the cause of his destruction into the den. So whoever threw him into the den, they got thrown into the den. And then at that moment, they were devoured before his face. So that's my that's the overview of this story. So because this is so long, I'm going to make this two parts. So this first part is just going to be the um overview and explanation just kind of generally the story and now um the second part i'll take it into more explanations of what it actually um what's coming to my mind i don't know what this is really about but i can put a spin on it that there are a lot of uh symbols popping out at me um from this story um so I'm 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 excited to jump into that and we'll see where my stone mind takes it.